0: You can look at situations either with a smile on your face, or you can look at them and be bitter. And it's so much better to have a smile on your face. Hi, I'm Kathy Ladman, and you're entering a World Gone Good.
1: Well, Happy New Year, and welcome to World Gone Good. My name is Steve, and I'm so glad you're here. You can share, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on whatever platform you are listening, or you can just sit back and enjoy the good, whatever, it's all good. This is totally off the cuff. Every time I say you can share, I'm like, you can turn back time. I just think share. Okay, anyway, maybe just me. Let me tell you my favorite joke from when I was a kid. Ready? Okay, here we go. This mom goes to the butcher, and she's placing her order, and The butcher says, "Here, try this." He hands her a piece of ham. She tastes it; it's delicious. She asks, "What brand it is?" And he says, "Well, it's a new brand called the Damn Ham." They both share a laugh, and she takes some home that night. Mom's making dinner. Dad comes in. He takes a little bite of it and says, "Oh, that's good. What is that?" And the mom laughs and says, "Well, it's a brand new brand called the Damn Ham." And they both, you know, share a laugh at dinner. The entire family is enjoying the meal, and Dad says, Honey, may I have us some more of the damn ham? And the daughter goes, That's the spirit, Dad. Pass the fucking potatoes. That joke was told to me by a girl named Diana James. Um, I was probably 10 years old, and to this day, it still makes me laugh. And that's what's good about a good joke, right? Comedian and actress Kathy Ladman has made a career out of telling jokes and making people laugh. You may know her from Curb Your Enthusiasm, Mad Men, Pretty Little Liars. It goes on and on. Or from her multiple appearances on The Tonight Show and The Late Late Show. Again, way more on her. I look her up on IMDb. It's incredible. But look, I know her from a different way, which is, well, I guess I have to admit it. I'm kind of her stalker, but in a good way.
0: Thank you. You're such a nice audience. Thank you. I, I, I want to tell you that uh, I just ended a relationship yeah, I got married. <laughs> I know, that pretty much kills it. Yeah, Mar- a lot of married people, here. Yeah. marriage is, uh thank you. Um, <laughs> marriage is tough. It really is. It's very challenging. Marriage to me is like a 5,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. All sky.
1: <laughs> so, Kathy Ladman, let me tell you how I have been stalking you for so many years, you don't even want to really. Run. Mm-hmm. I'm Tell gonna, me. I'm going to take you back. In okay. 1988 at the University ah. of Arizona. You, yes. You played a parking lot in front of my dorm. And I was already obsessed with you previously. And I made all my friends come down. And you were so funny because you were not just doing your, your show – you were taking into account that you were playing a parking lot.
0: Whoa! Oh, that's I. I that's so funny. I mean, I remember. I remember the year it was. Um, I mean, I, you said it was eighty-eight, and I, I do. I remember. I did t- like ten, ten colleges, and that was one of them. And it was really
1: fun. You were so great because there were kids in the dorm behind you who were watching you from the back, and you kept turning around, going, "Guys." it's free just come downstairs and we kept laughing (laughs) at everybody like they didn't want to come down and you're like it's it's free and like you opened so brilliantly you just were like in that wonderful way that you do you were just like i've never played a parking lot before um (laughs) oh god that's so
0: wild that's so long ago my god
1: yeah so here at world gone good we talk about um the good things in the world and sometimes I, i begin with a really general question. So I'm going to begin with a really general question. What's good about being funny? <sighs> Man, well,
0: what's good? At, I mean, it just feels better. It just feels better and it, and, it, and you make other people feel better. So, you know, then everybody, everybody feels good. What What's bad about that? And you can also make, you know, you can take something that could be, Oh, there's those little clicking that you might hear in the background is uh, my dog. Can you hear it?
1: <laughs> yeah, totally cool.
0: Yes, um, his toenails need to be clipped, <laughs> um, and I have to take him to the vet to do that. So I have to. I'm I'm going on Tuesday. Um, like I had to say that. Okay, you don't have to edit that out. That <laughs> can be left no in because that's that's really germane to who I am. But um, yeah, I think that you know there when you're in a situation that it can, you can there are, you can look at situations either with a smile on your face or you can look at them and be bitter and it's so much better to have a smile on your face i mean it just feels better right am i right am i right ladies and gentlemen
1: <laughs> it's it's lady and gentlemen that's pretty much my audience so okay. here, here's a question you hate um have you always been funny
0: um I think I have. I think that I um I think that I entertained my um family from a very young age. I can remember I can remember as early as 5 years old doing impressions and um you know, trying on my mother's uh one-piece bra girdle thing and, and prancing around the room and and to me that was a material back then. Um and yeah, I was always entertaining in my family and then it branched out to my friends.
1: Do you remember telling a first joke? Do you remember that a moment?
0: Huh. I can I don't know if I remember telling a first joke. I mean, the first thing that I did was an impression like of of my principal, Miss Carol. I was in elementary school in kindergarten and I was it was 1960. So, and she was old. She talked very quietly and she used to clasp her hands in front of her heart. And um, so I did that impression and my and my parents just thought it was hilarious. So, you know, I got that kind of feedback. So of course I wanted more because I was the youngest of three girls and that's how I got my attention.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask, so, so there are how many, you have three girls in your family. Are your two older sisters funny or are you known as the funny one?
0: Um my middle sister is also funny but um I'm generally more intentionally funny than she is although she she's she has been known to be pretty witty but I am I am the one who's who knows how to time things I'm um, I know that and it's just in my blood
1: do you so, and going there, do you think people are inherently funny, or can you teach somebody how to tell a joke?
0: Um, I think people are inherently funny, and I think you can teach someone how to tell a joke, but you can't teach someone how to be funny right right it's it's yeah you know, it's just it's just you're born with it, I think
1: do you have a favorite joke of all time?
0: I have a good joke, but it's I don't know if it's my favorite joke um A man is in a a doctor's exam room and the doctor says to the man, you're going to have to stop masturbating. And the man says, why? And the doctor says, because I'm trying to examine you. (laughs) It's a great joke, isn't it?
1: That's a great joke. Yes. My favorite joke of all time. And when my, my father passed away, but when he was sick, he'd say he was so sick and he'd go, tell the joke because it would make him laugh so hard it's such a dumb joke so there's a knock at this guy's door and he goes and opens the door and there's a snail and he looks down at the snail and he throws the snail across the street into the woods 10 years later there's another knock at the door the guy opens it and the snail looks at him and goes what the fuck was that all about (laughs) it's such a dumb joke but it's (laughs) great it's, it's great in its simplicity
0: yes yes it's terrific
1: did you have idols growing up in in comedy?
0: Oh yes, um, um, my parents had comedy albums, and the one that I really zeroed in on was Nichols and May examined doctors.
1: Oh, I've never even heard of this.
0: You've never heard of Mike. You've never heard of Mike Nichols and Elaine May. I know
1: Nichols. Y- yes, I did not know. You know
0: Mike Nichols, yes. but you never knew them as a comedy team. Uh-uh. Oh, my God, you are in for... I'm a little jealous that you get to discover them now. Okay, cool. You have to look... When we're done, at some point, you have to Google Nichols and May and listen to some of their bits. They were improvisers. Right. And they were incredibly popular in the 1960s, early 1960s. And I memorized this album, Nichols and May Examined Doctors, and it was all sketches about doctors, and um, years later, I got to work with Mike Nichols on two movies and um when i was uh I was standing I happened to be standing next to him, he was setting up a shot with the director of photography, and I was standing next to him, and all of a sudden this something came over me, and I just said the first word of a sketch, gauze." And he said gauze, and I said more gauze, and he said more gauze. And we're doing I'm doing the sketch with Mike Nichols that I had memorized when I was eight years old. It was pretty wild.
1: Do you think that comedy has gotten easier or harder for women over the years?
0: Oh, I think easier. I think because, you know, like anything for women, women have been uh, shut out of so many uh, careers and, and businesses. And, and um, you know, comedy was a real boys club when I started. There were very few women. Sure. Um, and now there are so many more women. And I just think that it's become, it's it's just become less of a a a gender thing. I, I definitely think.
1: Well, now I'm going to make it a lot easier. And those are the tough questions. Those are the hardball Leslie Stahl questions that Donald Trump would have gotten up and walked away from.
0: I'm, I'm, I've I'm already walked into the other You're room. You're furious. Wait. I'm furious. And my, and my headphones are plugged into the computer. That's how furious I am. I've walked away with my, with my computer dragging behind me.
1: You have had quite a career over the years. Do you remember the first holy shit moment for you where you were like, is this really happening?
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that because they change as your career goes on. Like, I remember probably about oh, five months into doing stand up, I got on the I was in Manhattan and I got it was a winter, uh, it was cold. I remember this. And I got on the 104 bus going up 8th Avenue that would go up Broadway, take me to uh, where I lived. And um, somebody, I got on the bus and somebody said, hey, were you at the Triple Inn Saturday night or whatever night it was? And I was like, yeah, you were so funny. And it was as if Hollywood had called. And then the next, now it's reminding me of a next one, like, like I passed auditions at Catch a Rising Star in, on December 5th. I remember this 1981 because that's when my nephew was born. And, um, a few months later I call in, you know, I call in every, um, Friday, I guess it was every Friday to find out if I had spots and, or whatever day it was like that. I can't remember. I mean, I'm sixty five years old Jesus Christ. So um, I called in and they said that you're on fallout for Saturday night, which means that you would stay there. and if one of the acts who was booked on the show wasn't able to make it because people would go around town and take cabs and sometimes people wouldn't get there in time. So I was on fallout, and um, that was like I was gonna I was on fallout for a weekend show at Catch Rising Star. And this was must have been 1982 at this point. And I got to go on because Gilbert Godfrey didn't make it. Wow. And it was thrilling because I didn't get a chance to go on to such a hot crowd like that my first year of comedy. It was amazing. It was amazing.
1: Were you insulted at all that they thought of you as a Gilbert Godfrey replacement?
0: No, I had been doing, not at all. Oh, no, no. Oh, I know. No, and I, and oh, actually Gilbert Gottfried used to do this really funny joke that my then boyfriend used to request that he do. He would do, Gilbert would do these non-sequitur impressions and he would do um, Myron Cohen as Son of Sam. (laughs) And then he did, um, He one of my favorite ones was the, um, the, the, It was the United States accepting the Statue of Liberty from France. I'd love to keep it, but I already have sweaters that I don't know what to do (laughs) with.
1: Now, speaking of which, I I have been so obsessed with you over the years. One of my favorite stories and bits you do, two things. One is you do a whole story about walking down the street with your mother and your sister and a man following you, right? Yes. Yes, you, t- you go ahead and tell it. Tell it. Go ahead.
0: Um, that um, that how did I how did I set it up that my mother was always um, oh god how did I set this up It's very important that I set it up.
1: She lowered her voice. That my mother was yeah
0: yeah, but I know that, but but it was um, she was always like afraid that um, that we were going to be attacked or something. She was always very suspicious of people. Like we were walking down the street, and she'd say girls there's a man following us there's a man following us and i'm doing it out of the side of my mouth and i'd say um gee i hope he's a speech therapist (laughs) my mother has this way of talking sometimes when she wants to be inconspicuous you know she doesn't want anyone around us to hear her she talks out of the side of her mouth she thinks nobody notices her she goes girls girls there's a man following us there's a man following us Gee, I hope he's a speech therapist. <laughs> we used to go into Manhattan to go wholesale shopping. Uh-huh. Like, we'd go to the wholesalers and go to their showrooms. And we'd walk up, in, you know, in these buildings in Manhattan, these tall buildings, we'd walk up and down in the stairwells to different showrooms. And my mother would get, like, very nervous and she would talk. <laughs> Pretend talk to my father as if he were there with us, and it was like my sisters and I were like rolling our eyes at each other. I mean, it was it was so ridiculous, but this somehow eased her mind.
1: I have to, my mother has said to me, and she's from Brooklyn. You're from Brooklyn. Yes, my, I'm from Queens. From Queens. Okay, my bad. My mother's from Brooklyn, Flatbush Avenue, and she mm. to this day, the woman, 79 years old, she will say to me, "Tell me the one with the speech pathologist." And I'm like, this is close. <laughs> you, you have another one that I Wow. Love. No, I, I have played her for you. Yeah, and you have another one that she loves that I've played her a million times. Find that for me. Find it. Um, your father used to turn all the lights off in the apartment.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. And he would say, there's nothing wrong with the dark. You can feel your way along the walls like other families. Yes. That one? Yes. Hey! His house is burning. Don't give me that. It's nighttime excuse. You can feel way along the walls like other families. I'm doing a solo show. We're rehearsing it now. And I'm using that line in there as, as, a, piece, as a line of dialogue for my father. Because that's, that's how he was. He was so cheap.
1: Do you think that there's a difference between New York humor and the rest of the country humor?
0: Well, I think there's a difference between New York uh, personalities. I think New Yorkers are, are, for the most part, very direct people. Um, I don't find New Yorkers unfriendly at all. I just find them very direct and honest. Um, And I like that. I really like that. Did you grow up in New York? I did.
1: I grew up in Long Island in New Jersey. And I always say about Los Angeles, because I lived in Los Angeles for 20 years. I don't live there anymore. I live in Santa Barbara. But I...
0: That's right. I still
1: work for a company in L.A. But anyway, I always say about L.A., there's yes and no. When someone says uh, uh, no, wait, 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 let me get this right. When, when someone says yes, they mean no. And no one ever says no in Los Angeles. So right. in New York, when someone says yes, they're going to be there with a pint of blood for you. And when they, right. they say no, they're going to fucking stab you and you better not ask them ever again. And that's what I, that's right. that's what I miss about New York.
0: I know. I agree with you.
1: Now, you told me a little bit about your mother because I think this is fantastic. How old is your mother? She's
0: ninety-eight.
1: Fantastic. And where does she live?
0: She lives in in Great Neck at an assisted living place.
1: Oh my gosh. Where
0: did you live on Long Island? Plainview. Oh, okay. All right. In is- Nassau County. Yes. Okay. Got it.
1: Um, um, and then, and then we moved to New Jersey, and then we moved to Arizona. And the kids in Arizona made so much fun of my thick New Jersey, Long Island accent that I decided to become Madonna. And I started speaking almost with an English accent, like a fucking idiot. Oh, my and, God. And it's now 40 years you know, later, 35 years later, and I now have this strange accent. But if I'm really tired or I get really angry, my Long Island accent pops right out.
0: Yeah, you don't sound like you really don't sound like a New Yorker. Or, like, you don't sound very East Coast. Yeah, well.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, But you were talking about my mother, and I interrupted you to ask no, you no, why one, I are on Long Island. But anyway.
1: Your mother lives in Great Neck, and your mother's yes. 98 years old. Yes. Fantastic.
0: I know. It's pretty
1: amazing. She
0: has a strong heart. She has a really strong heart.
1: Well, she's a New Yorker, so there's that. Now, you, yeah. how did your parents react to your comedy career?
0: Um... They were not incredibly supportive, I have to say. Um, and um, I would discourage any parents from that type of behavior for, towards their <laughs> children because it didn't help. Let me tell you, it did not help. Although it was interesting, my mother, my mother went with me to a gig one time. I was living in Los Angeles and I flew back, I flew to Boston to, um, work a gig. And my mother flew up from New York and we spent the weekend together and that was really fun. And then she came to one of my earlier shows in New York. Um, and then my parents used to come to all, they came to all my New York shows. They, you know, they, they flew out to Vegas when I opened for the Pointer Sisters the first time they flew out to Vegas and they, um, hung out with me. But initially What I really would have liked was to have heard, you can do anything that you set your mind to do. Sure. You're terrific. You know, you're, you're, you have so much talent and and I didn't hear that from them because they were too busy worrying about how I was going to make a living.
1: Sure. Sure. And that
0: superseded that. And I think that's unfortunate. So I, I really would discourage anyone from acting like that. (laughs)
1: But I think that's pretty common, don't it you? It is I mean, common.
0: Yes, it yeah. is common. But you know, now I have a seventeen year old and I really I I my my teenage years really inform how I respond to her. Yeah. And I um try to encourage her as mo- as much as I possibly can.
1: It, um, she's obviously coming up on college. Does so she have a, yes. a, a career in mind?
0: She wants to be a surgeon.
1: Oh, fant- oh God. Tov. fantastic! Oh, Mazel tough. Fantastic! No,
0: isn't that great?
1: <laughs> you did something right.
0: I'm so excited.
1: <laughs> your parents will be like, "It's your mother." Will be like, "It skipped a generation." I can't
0: wait! I can't wait to walk up to my daughter and say, "Does this look bad?" <laughs> right? <laughs> Is this color normal? <laughs>
1: you've done many, many things in your career. And I asked you, you know, that your, your, Oh my God moment. And it's, it's so interesting because you chose a moment earlier that was a one-on-one moment, which is so great because um, when you get to speak to somebody face to face like that, like we're talking right now, but in the bigger picture of things of all the stuff you've done from, I mean, you, you got to do comedy on Johnny Carson. Yes. That was thrilling. Yeah. Really? And 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 what was that like? Did, did you did you get a call? Like how does that happen?
0: Well, um, no, what hap- I mean, what happens was the, the guy um who was the talent coordinator who booked the comics, his name was Jim McCauley. He I think he had seen me before and and decided that I wasn't ready yet. And and then my agent set up a showcase for me. Um, at my favorite club in LA, it used to be uh, called Igby's. It's closed oh, yeah. now, but it was a great club. Oh yeah. And um, so they set up a showcase there, and I had a great set. And he said to call, you know, he said call me tomorrow, and you know I was booked on the show, and I was supposed to do. So I was booked on the show with Johnny, and then I was bumped because Harry Anderson was on and he, Johnny loved magic and Harry Anderson did a lot of magic. And sure. so he went two segments and I was bumped. And then the and next were you, time. Wait,
1: were, you, were you there?
0: I was there. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: And what went through your, your heart and your chest and your brain? Oh, I
0: was, I was very disappointed. And you know, then I was like, Oh, it's okay. And then later on I cried. Um, but I, I mean, I knew I was going to be on again, but it was just, it was such a, it was such an emotional roller coaster. Oh my God. You yeah. know, of like preparing to go on and then, and then being told you're not going on. But then the next time I was booked, um, I was booked with Jay when he was guest hosting uh-huh. and I did it with Jay twice before I did it with Johnny. Like, and I think I did it with Johnny, I did it with Johnny either four or five times.
1: And did he ask you, he asked you each time to come over and sit down with him. Yeah.
0: Well, what happened was since I had done it with Jay, I had done panel. I had sat on the couch. um, And then when they asked me to do it with Johnny, I said, well, I'd like to, but I really want to do panel. I didn't want to like take a step backwards. And so they arranged that they arranged that I would be able to do panel with Johnny, too. So it was great. It was really great
1: fun. That's amazing
0: yeah oh my god oh, i i miss- you know i miss i miss those those day those stand up days were really um those stand up days were really thrilling yeah i bet yeah yeah the 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 and stand up was different back then too as as um as a popular art form i think it was really um it was cresting yeah
1: I usually wrap these up with three questions. They're super easy. Don't panic.
0: Good. Those first ones were really hard.
1: You did really well. I give you a C minus. No I'm sorry. <laughs> oh <my> um, gosh. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. Here's question number one. Who inspires you? Who inspires me?
0: Um, who inspires me? My best friend inspires me. Why is that? She's really kind. And she's really funny, and she's really level-headed, and she sees the best in me. And, um, and I just feel like a lot is possible when I'm talking to her.
1: This is the easiest question of all. Where can people find you online in the world?
0: Well, you can find me uh, on Twitter, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website. And, it, and it's really quite easy. I mean, it's just my name, Kathy Ladman, except for Instagram where it's Kathy Ladman 1 because I messed up the first account and I couldn't figure out how to close it. So I had to just start a new account. <laughs> I know it's sad.
1: Um this is the, another one that I'll, you can think about and you can answer any way you want. Tell me something good.
0: I feel really grateful. I just found out that a, my, a commercial of mine was renewed. And these are really slow business times. So to have that gift come my way was really making me feel great. So that's something good is that trite?
1: <laughs> no, it's good.
0: It's good to me. Exactly. But, and also, I think we're going to get rid of a real jerk in our country. Mm-hmm. Me? <laughs> <My husband> just, <laughs> did you hear that? No, no, not yet. <laughs> not yes.
1: Thank you, Kathy, for sharing your good of smiling and laughter. And thank you for at least considering to contact the courts and have them review the restraining order you have against me. I told you, you guys, I'm a good stalker. Just let it go. Next time on World Gone Good. Every time they go to Wall of Hope, it's going to be something positive, something full of gratitude, kindness, innovation, children um, teenagers elderly stepping up stepping out of their comfort zones and doing things that are really making an impact him la montage pam gibson mcdougall and scott mcdougall wanted to create a space where they could share some hope right now and so wall of hope was born and it's so good what they are doing with it it's so simple how they are doing it and you are going to want to be part of all of it tune in next time Get the skinny on how you can help spread some hope. Until then, be good.